Viewer discretion is heavily advised. If you're under 10 or scare easily, go find another podcast now. Hello everyone, we're Bark Studios, and this week we're proud to present the Safe Class Object SCP-5000. Why? I have to preface this by saying that SCP-5000 is extremely long. I'm recording this before I finish the episode, but I do know that another episode done by a bloody disgusting podcast for SCP-5000 was close to 40 or 50 minutes. Along with this, I bring a message from YouTuber Dr. Bob, who you may have recognized from the outro of all our episodes. He requests to spread the word about him as he seeks to bring light to more obscure SCPs. The best way to do this is to subscribe to him and share his channel with others. SCP-5000 is a broken mechanical suit labeled on internal schematic files as an absolute exclusion harness. It's kept in Site-22, deactivated and in storage. It's used almost entirely for the fi- for file storage nowadays, but it's believed to have once had several anomalous properties and functions to benefit the wearer. SCP-5000 appeared in a flash of light within the containment cell of SCP-579 containing the corpse of Foundation researcher Pietro Wilson, who is very much alive and has absolutely no knowledge during the following events contained with SCP-5000's archives. All of it started when a group identifying themselves as Mobile Task Force Zeta-19 entered the exclusionary site Pietro Wilson was working at and requested that all staff come to the canteen for an announcement. Then, all of a sudden, they started firing on the staff, killing everyone except Pietro Wilson. He immediately ran towards the absolute exclusion harness and escaped the facility, as the suit had a perception harness, which he stated, doesn't mean people can't see me, but it does mean that they can't recognize the fact that they see me. He also noted that Zadian 19 took nothing and just checked everybody and put up an extra bullet in the head of each person. Following this, he traveled through the desert for several hours and made it to a Foundation safe house where he found a computer and some water. He says there is no need for drinking water, but he guessed it was human nature to want to drink. After resting, he checks the computer and sees the following message, which was distributed to all government news organizations and anomalous agencies in the world. The following is a message composed via consensus of the O5 Council. For those who are not currently aware of our existence, we represent the organization known as the SCP Foundation. Our previous mission centered around the containment and study of anomalous objects, entities, and other assorted phenomena. This mission was the focus of our organization for more than 100 years. Due to circumstances outside of our control, this directive has now changed. Our new mission will be the extermination of the human race. There will be no further communication. Following this message, the SCP Foundation terminated all human or human-friendly anomalies and used the following SCPs. Images of SCP-096's face were circulated around internet on social media, killing hundreds before they were taken down. A series of nuclear bombs were detonated along SCP-169's back to try and wake it. It didn't wake, but it did turn in its sleep, causing humongous tsunamis and tidal waves across the coast of South America, killing hundreds. SCP-662 was ordered to kill several world leaders, occasionally killing on live TV.
They dispersed in infections of SCP-610 amongst civilians, though the outbreak was contained by the Global Occult Coalition and the Church of the Broken God. They released SCP-682 into major cities. H.R. Wilson then found the following broadcast. A reporter, Maria Henderson, is reporting from inside an evacuation tent run by the GOC, and the scrolling headline says that she is near Trosa. She's wearing a surgical mask pulled down a bit to speak into the microphone, which he remarks it sort of defeats the point of wearing a surgical mask. A doctor in the background stands up from a hospital bed and looks to a soldier to say, We've got an expiration. Get the eraser ready. Henderson moves out of the tent into a complex with several more tents. Soon after, a loud buzzing sound can be heard, followed by several flashes of light and a plume of smoke comes from the tent. The feed cuts out, and it turns out that television was cut out all over the world. Following all of this, he remarks on how he could probably survive by just sitting around in the suit, as it would support his body for several years. But the idea of not knowing what's going on outside is unbearable. He then rambles on for a bit about how he'd pretend to solve mysteries as a kid, and how he once found a dead cat and then inevitably found out that his father had beaten it to death. After this, he says he's a tourist at the end of the world, and that he's going to head to the closest foundation site, Site-19. On the way to Site-19, he comes across Mobile Task Force Epsilon-6, Village Idiots. The commander says, performing test now, and one soldier proceeds to go down the line of soldiers, stabbing each one in the shoulder with no visible reaction from any soldier until they get to the eighth one in line which notably winces and cries out. The commander barks, we've got a live one, and as the other soldiers immediately gun the soldier down. They then finish the line with no others showing reaction. At some unknown time afterwards, it was not specified in the records, he records the old following message from an old radio. Seven, five, can you hear me? There is a hole shining in a hole between your eyelids. I have never been to Versailles before. I want to be love. Nine. I am standing behind you. Five. I am two of us, standing behind you now. The goddess eats the city and the sea. There is a hole in the floor with an answer. Seven. Look. You're hatching. You're hatching. It proceeds to continue on a loop. And yes, that made as little sense to me as... It made sense to anyone else who's listening to it. Yeah, that was probably easily the weirdest sentences I've ever said. Anyway, continuing. Sometime later, Pietro makes it to site 19 and accesses the database. He found that in December of 2019, the O5 Council approved a project called NUMA to map out the human psychospace. Instructions are sent out to high-ranking staff, resulting in a wave of suicides and resignations, with resignations including the infamous Dr. Gears. 
After this, they send out files to the high remaining high-level staff with the instructions to disseminate the file throughout staff and the message, Pardon Your Hearts. Following this, they sent an assassination team after Dr. Gears and killed all human and humanoid-friendly anomalies and sent out mobile task forces to eliminate people at all exclusionary sites. He then found information about the following SCPs being used in the Foundation's efforts. SCP-1370 is put on the temporarily reopened TV channels to ramble propaganda speeches. SCP-1048 was released into Paris to make hundreds of itself, and Peter Wilson says he thinks he can see a giant red teddy in the distance of the footage walking among the skyscrapers. SCP-12 not Indy are used as to fire projectiles at the GOC base in Gamzir. SCP-1440 is brought to a refugee camp by Mobile Task Force New-22, causing mass casualties but somehow not affecting the MTF. SCP-1678 is allowed to be filled with, by refugees before the Foundation detonates a nuclear bomb inside of it, completely destroying the SCP along with the entire city of London. Three months later, he records a log talking about how he has now has a briefcase for a reason that he doesn't remember, but he knows that whenever he opens it, he finds himself closer to where he's trying to go, and but has with no memory of how he got there or what's inside the briefcase. All he knows is that it's not circular and that he needs to get it to SCP-579. Following some deleted files, he talks about how he underestimated the length of time it would take to get to SCP-579, and that he stopped counting the amount of corpses he passes as it's probably entered the quadruple digits. He describes how he was getting supplies from a an abandoned house, and he saw the corpse of a little boy, and then several thin, pale worms with the boy's with the boy's face crawled out of the corpse and started laughing. That's disgusting. After even more deleted files, he finds the corpse of a Foundation agent and uses its technology with it to activate and access the database and finding the following information. SCP-2000 has been destroyed as the Foundation triggered Yellowstone's eruption. The Mana Charitable Foundation is attempting to contain the environmental effects, but they can't hold out forever. They replicate SCP-2200 somehow and dispersed it to several civilians, killing hundreds. SCP-2466 was being used to compel people to be hostile, but it crashed and is now unusable. SCP-2936 was sent to refugee camps and told that they were fighting monsters, but they eventually grew wise to this and refused to do anything since the sixth deployment. After sitting around a fire with some former GOC agents, he downloads the following recording. Commander Morrison of the Global Occult Coalition asks, Do you know where you are? Agent Samuel Ross of M Mobile Task Force Omega-2 answers, I'm in Ganzir, right? You guys grabbed us while we were trying to sneak in. That's right. Do you know why you're here? You're going to interrogate me, I assume. There's a brief pause. Doctor?
Okay. He now turn, begins interrogating the agent. None of your colleagues we've spoken to have talked. Not one. Not a word. Why are you talking to me now? We've met before. Do you remember? I'm sorry? In that joint operation in Tenerife a few years ago with the Seagull Prince? Do you remember? I was wearing a gas mask back then, so you probably don't recognize me. But I recognized you, and it gave me a chuckle. That's why I'm talking. That's the only reason. Yeah. When we caught you trying to sneak into the city with the refugees, you and your comrades started firing into the crowd at random. Men, women, and children all murdered for no reason. Don't you think that's crazy? <laughs> Dr. Rhodes says something unsavory here. That's funny to you? Sorry, I didn't mean to be rude, it's just... I thought it was a bit hypocritical. What? Well, I mean, you're interrogating me like the information you'll get will help you. But there's no time for you to really do anything the way I see it. No matter how many times you fire Abel at her, Professor Crow's Europia will tear will rip this place apart open before long. But you're still acting like you can do something about it. Don't you think that's crazy? If you've just spoken up to talk nonsense, we can always try enhanced ter interrogation. I don't want to, but I'll do it. <laughs> do what you want. Once you realize that you're not supposed to feel pain, there's nothing to be afraid of anymore. What do you mean by that? You... No, you wouldn't want me to say. I very much do. I wasn't talking to you. That doesn't make any sense. Tell me now. You're sure? We're still good on inoculations? Cleared on all the Foundation kill agents, yes. Then spit it out, Ross. Stop stalling or we'll have to get unpleasant. Fine. I... I didn't catch that. Ross says something hazardous here, which we won't play for the safety of listeners and also because it's redacted in the files. Commander Morrison and Dr. Rhodes can be heard screaming for the remainder of the recording, growing increasingly higher pitched. White cracks and wind rushing is also heard. Look what you've done to yourselves. I told you wouldn't like it, didn't you? That's why you hear your voice, but you wanted to know so badly. I really liked you guys, so I was trying to be nice. We're so kind to you, you know. We fight in the light so you can die in the dark. Disgusting. Following this, it's presumed that the GOC was dissolved. After even more deleted files, Peter Wilson expresses that feeling the effects of the thing in the briefcase are becoming less and less, and he's also wondering why he's going to SCP-579. The following SCPs have been used to kill even more humans. SCP-3078 was uploaded to the internet, requiring the internet to be taken back down. 
SCP-3179 was freed and sparked a civil war within the Church of the Broken God. It's also making lots of what Pietro calls Terminator things. SCP-3199 eggs were airdropped everywhere. On his way to SCP-579, he discovers two new anomalies. One type is a type of statue looking like an MTF soldier, but it has empty eye sockets, and their arms are filed down into needles. They can only move when no one is looking at them. This makes us at Bark Studios theorize that the so-called blinkers, as Pietro calls them, are instances of SCP-173 that had been carved into the shapes that, they're cur that they were seen in. The second is only one entity, and for the first time in a while, the Foundation is actually fighting an anomaly. It stands on the horizon like a, a human, looking like a humanoid, but it, in the space around it are stretched out. There are also uh, black gaps in its body. The following SCPs have been used to destroy even more humans, and yes, they're still going. SCP-4290 was reanimated through enhancing SCP-008 with SCP-914. SCP-4666 has been activated using temporal anomalies to make it within the active phase of SCP-4666 all the time. If you want to check out SCP-4666, be sure to find our holiday special we uploaded last Thursday. Pietro comes across a teenage girl, living, not dead, who is heading toward the site 1437 in between several deleted files. They talk about the state of the world and wonder out loud to each other how it all came to this, following which they part ways and wish each other luck. After the next set of deleted files, he makes it to site 62C, where SCP-579 is housed. He heads in and, while going through the entry hallway, is attacked by a blinker. He manages to get through the hallway with only a scratch on the arm, and closes the door, which continues to get slashed at and dense. He questions what he's doing for a bit before finally just jumping down into the pit containing SCP-579, breaking his legs after hitting the ground, and upon viewing the creature, saying, Oh, that's, so that's how it is. And then life signs are lost. Cause of death is determined to be blunt force trauma. Now, the story told by the recordings probably didn't make much sense, but we're going to tell you exactly what we know happened. The Foundation was trying to kill humanity because they discovered something within human psychospace that was so t terrible that they destroyed to destroy humanity just to kill it. SCP Explained described it as burning down a house to kill the thing inside of it, except the house is humanity. We don't fully know what this thing is, though it's possible that it was the anomaly that the Foundation agents were fighting in right after he discovered the blinkers. The thing in the briefcase in SCP-579 are some of the most mysterious things in the SCP universe. SCP-055 was the thing in the briefcase, and it makes everything that sees it forget about it whenever they aren't viewing it. And SCP-579 is a strange entity which everything about has been redacted, so we don't know what it is. If put together, they reset time to who just before an XK class end of the world scenario happens and stop it from happening. 
in this case, stopping the SCP Foundation from approving the project NUMA and discovering the entity within the psychospace. Pietro Wilson's alternate timeline body was saved by SCP-5000 for some anomalous reason, I'm guessing. Before you go, I know this has dragged on for pretty long, but I just wanted to tell you that we have created a way to submit SCPs to us if you want them to be in the show using a Google form. Just put in the SCP's number and the name slash nickname you want the submission to be credited to if you wish for us to credit the submission to you. The link will be in the description after the voice message link. I just wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in to listen to our tiny, admittedly very poor quality podcast. Um, It means a lot to me and Professor Shady, a.k.a. Archer, that you guys is and gals and others all tune in to the podcast each week and um we'll keep putting them out there i suppose just thanks again for tuning in you all rock and thanks a lot we hope you enjoyed this week's episode today's scp was written by scp user tan honey A big thanks to my friend Dr. Ostrich for lending her voice as the voices of Dr. Rhodes and reporter Maria Henderson. Please share the episode with your friends if you enjoyed it, and be sure to check out the YouTube channels The Rubber, Dr. Bob, and SCP Explained. All information is from the SCP universe and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribute Sharealikes 3.0 license. Have a happy new year. Bye!